Welcome to Reality Student Ministries, and thanks for listening. We are all about learning how to live this life to the fullest, getting the most out of every day. For information on upcoming events, sermon series, and ways to connect, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com, as well as like our Facebook page at RSM. Now here is today's message. I get the privilege of talking to you guys tonight about love. Right? Yeah. I have to tell you, I, I have to say that my goal tonight is to really hope you guys walk away with a real understanding of what love is. I'm going to put this over here just because I need space. And worship tonight was awesome because it really focused on, on love. I'm going to talk about boy-girl love and that kind of love. But uh, the most perfect love there is, if you want to understand love, is God's love, right? And I think worship team tonight just did such an awesome job of leading us into God's love tonight. But anyway, we're going to look at love. What is love? You know, how do you know if it's real? How will you know when you met the right person? Uh, how do you know it's going to last forever? Because a lot of love just doesn't last forever anymore. Um, it's a lot of questions, a, a lot to think about. And I know, you know, some of you guys, most of you guys probably aren't even dating yet. You're not thinking about falling in love, you know. But the likelihood is every one of you at some point is going to fall in love. A lot of you girls are going to have a guy on his knee one day saying, will you marry me? <laughs> a lot of you guys, one of these days, you're going to be the guy on one knee saying, will you marry me? So there's coming a day when you're going to be faced with these questions. And the cool thing about youth group is that you have people like Pastor Donnie and um, Lauren and Rachel and us We've been through stuff, we've been where you are, and we're beyond it, and so we can give you guys some insight. Um, but here's the thing, love is complicated, and I thought, you know, I am going to look to some experts to try to figure this thing out and try to describe it to you, because I just can't quite describe it. So I found this dating site called needharmony.com. Yep. And I figure, you know, these people are experts, and they should know. So let's see what the experts have to say about love. And that would be the video. There is no video? You got it? Okay. Hi, I'm Lee Pofey, founder of NeedHarmony.com, the Internet's number one source of finding true love. We have thousands of clients who have become experts on true love, so we ask them what their definition of love is. My definition of love is like roses and Cheesecake Factory and Pampered Chef items, which this guy doesn't give me any of. My mom always said love is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> uh, that's already been used. Can you come up with something a little more original? Huh? Give me some sugar. 
No matter what your definition of love is, and trust me, we've heard some real humdingers, we here at Need Harmony have what you're looking for. Love to me is like, is like music in the air. My love, you're every breath that I take. Please don't sing. Mom always said, can't hurry love, you just have to wait. It's a game. Hey, that's a song. It is? You're my helpless love. It's endless. Huh? It's endless. But love is endless. Told you. St. <laughs> Augustine once said, uh, love itself is what is left when falling in love burns away. I found that sometimes you just get burned. Did you hear that, Margaret? You burned my flesh. Oh! My mom always said, love is patient, love is kind. Love hey, there's a verse out of the Bible. Can we get uh, your own definition? Can I call my mom? Forget love is patient. Fill out a questionnaire at needharmony.com and your inbox will be full of love in a matter of seconds. That's a promise. Define your love for me in a poem. No. Yes. I'm not going Come to. Come on, a poem. I don't, I don't It'll be fine. Oh, Come on. Come on. Do it. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Debbie, I, I, I can't do this. What? That doesn't even rhyme. That doesn't rhyme. He doesn't know what love is. Do you feel like God has forgotten you when it comes to love and is waiting something you'd rather do for takeout? Well, let us define love for you at needharmony.com. A whole new life of compromise. Okay, you guys got it now? <laughs> All right. I don't know. I'm a little more confused than I was before. So, oh no, pretty insightful. So where do we, where do we start to talk about love? I want to start somewhere that you might not think of. I want to start by talking about you. Because here's the thing, we kind of get it backwards. We're thinking about wanting to meet that right person and everything that you want them to be. Um, you're thinking about what you want them to be like. But the first thing you need to start thinking about is what are you like? Let me ask you a question. Any guys have goals for your life? Okay, you want to be in the medical field. That's an awesome goal. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot of good goals. All right. Anybody else? Okay. Those are things that you want to do. Like a vacation, a vocation, a job, a career. What do you want to be, what do you want to be? Not what you do, but what do you want to be? Like, what you do is your vocation. 
Who you are is your character. What do you want to be? Okay, loving, sweet, and kind. Are you now? Okay. Anybody else? What do you want your character to be like? Yeah. Love. Okay, you want to be a loving person. All right. What does that have to do with defining love? Before we even talk about it, um, before we even talk about a relationship with someone else, first you have to understand that if you don't have a relationship with Christ and really understand who you are in that relationship with Christ, every other relationship you have will not be what it should be. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, plans for a future and a hope. Some of you guys shared some goals that you have for your life, but do you know that God has goals for your life? God has a plan for your life. I mean, let's think about that for a minute, guys. God, the creator of the universe, he put the stars in place. He put the moon orbiting around the earth, right? He did that, right? He created you. He knew exactly what color hair he wanted you to have, and he said it looks good. He knew exactly what personality he wanted you to have, whether you're going to be funny or you're going to be boisterous or a little bit shy maybe. He knew exactly, and it was exactly the way he wanted you to be. He made you exactly smart enough. He made you exactly beautiful enough and handsome enough. He made you exactly what he wanted you to be. And on the day that you were conceived, he saw you and he said, oh, that's my daughter. And someday her smile is going to bring glory to my name. Or you guys, when he created you, the day that you were conceived, he saw you in the womb and he said, that's my son. And one of these days, he's going to do something awesome for me. See, God has a plan for you. But let me ask you something. If you really honestly believe that God has a plan for your life, how would it affect how you live your life? Like, are you living today to fulfill the plan that God has? Because let me let you in on a secret from someone who's a little older and wiser. Like, when you are 18 years old or 21 years old, you don't just magically become this wise person. You don't just magically become that loving person that you want to be. The choices that you make today are creating you into the person that you will be. Now, what does that have to do with love? Okay, here's the thing, right? Don't you... Doesn't everybody want 
someone who is dynamic. Like they, you want that good person, that right person. You want that person that loves the Lord and is a dynamic Christian. I mean, that's what I look for. That's what I was looking for. But are you that dynamic person? Are you that person that is living your life like God has a plan? Do you believe that God has a plan for you? How does that change the way you live? And how does that change the type of person you look for? Because here's the thing. The person that you end up with someday, they will drastically affect the life that you live. Because let me tell you, when you get married, the two shall become one. And your goals, they marry. The life that you live, they become the same. So it's so important to think about that now as you are making the choices that you make. And honestly, if I can get one thing through to you guys tonight, this is it. And ladies, let me say this to you because I spent 10 years at the detention home ministering to girls and watching girls who do not value who they are and settle for guys that don't treat them right, for less than that person that will make them better. And guys, you know, it's about a lot more than just a pretty face. That cute girl, right? You were born to be a leader. You start being a leader now. You were born to lead a woman someday. So think about what type of woman you want to lead and what kind of leader you want to be, because it really starts today. So I'm talking about love is a choice. And I was thinking about the choices that God gives you. And I, I came up with three choices. And the first choice is this. See, God gives us freedom in who we choose to be with. And the first choice that he gives us is God gives you freedom to choose the wrong person. He's not going to sit you down and say, I want to tell you who we're going to marry, and I don't want you dating anybody else, and this is the guy. It doesn't work that way. He gives you freedom. Why do you get into a relationship in the first place? I mean, you see a guy, and you're like, well, he's hot. You know, he's, he's, he's a nice guy, and he's hot. I mean, yeah, he's not saved, but he's hot, right? Is that enough? Or guys, you know, you're, you're in a football game and this cute girl walks by and you're like, yeah, she's cute. I, I could get in her, right? Oh, you know, she likes to party a little bit, but I can overlook that. And then you figure out that they're kind of looking at you too, right? And next thing you know, they're talking, right? And, oh, so, you know, they're not a Christian, but... I'll evangelize, date them, and I'll get them to come to church. You know, maybe they don't want to go to church with you, but, you know, they're nice. They're a really nice person. Here's the thing. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. 
For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or that fellowship can or what fellowship can light have with darkness? But I won't compromise. Let me tell you something and let me be clear. If you are dating an unbeliever, you are already compromising. Because the word of God says, do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. What does light have with darkness? Because here's the deal. This is what, it, what happens. A few weeks ago, let me backtrack a little bit. First of all, Pastor Donnie a few weeks ago gave us the purpose for marriage. Does anybody remember what that was? He's recording this, so I'll come up with something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, this is what he said it was. To reflect the character of God. God created marriage to reflect his character. So let me ask you this. If two people are married, and one of them is saved, and one of them does not have a relationship with God, how can that relationship reflect the character of God when one of them is not even in relationship with God? It's broken. It doesn't work that way. First of all, it inhibits the growth of the person who is saved. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. We are to be with believers because they sharpen us. They make us better. They make us stronger. I'm the product of a home that was unequally yoked. My mom was saved. My dad, on the other hand, tried to go to church for a while, but in the end, he called himself an atheist. And I'll tell you what, it was battle. I give my mom props, man. She had us in church every Sunday. But women are not made to be the spiritual leader in the house. Men are made to lead. It is hard for a woman to step up and be the spiritual leader. You're not meant to be. Guys, when you are married to someone who is not saved, and then you're raising kids, what choices do you make? Who decides? Second thing is it creates confusion in the house. What does light have in common with darkness? Because here's what happens when you, uh, you're in a relationship, a dating relationship, a marriage relationship with someone who's not saved. You are two people walking down two different paths, heading to do two different destinations. It is a lot to overcome. And thirdly, and most clearly the Bible says, Mark 325 says, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. So you have a high chance of that relationship not working, whether it's a dating relationship or whatever, marriage relationship. It's not going to work. So the second thing, the second choice, that's the first choice that God gives us. He gives us the freedom to choose someone who is an unbeliever, or freedom to choose the wrong person. Second thing is, God gives you freedom to choose someone for the wrong reasons. So we know we're not supposed to be with an unbeliever. That's really clear in the Bible. So let me ask you a question. Does that mean that any Christian out there could be the right one for you? What do you think? 
No? You don't think so? Why not? That's right. That's right. Not everyone is at the same level of faith. And you need to be in a relationship with someone who is going to encourage your, your faith, who you're better with. We talked about the dreams you have for your life. We talked about the fact that God has a plan for your life. And who you will marry will make a huge difference in your life. Really, even who you date can affect the direction of your life. Because if you're dating girls, if you're dating a guy that's pressuring you to do things that you don't belong doing, it could change your life. It can change the direction of your life. Guys, the same thing. You know, if you're making wrong choices, it doesn't take a lot of bad mistakes to start you down the wrong road. It's one little mistake, one little choice at a time until it snowballs. So I'm going to tell you a little story about my first real relationship. Because it, I think my life is the perfect example of how sometimes God allows you to date for the wrong reason, and he gives you the choice to say yes or no to it. When I first came home from Bible college, I knew, and let me say this, I knew from the time that I was 13, God had called me into the ministry. I had no doubt in my mind that's all I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be in the ministry. I wanted to be at that detention home where I still am now. I wanted to be on the streets ministering to homeless people, which I've done my whole adult life. But I came home from college, and I had to find a job, so I ended up a professional ballroom dancer and working for one of the Cleveland Browns. I was working for Curtis Weathers, who was on special teams, the Browns, big six foot five tall guy. He owned a gym, and so I was hanging out at the gym, and all these Bob Golick was coming in all the time, Ozzie Newsom, all these different athletes were coming in all the time, and I was working with pro bodybuilders, and I was also ballroom dancing, which is also a very glamorous kind of lifestyle. So it was a pretty cool lifestyle. And I ended up meeting a guy that was a bodybuilder who was a Christian. Very nice guy, good guy, good Christian guy. But like I said, not just because someone's a Christian does not mean he's the guy for you. I knew in my heart the one thing that I knew for sure is God called me into the ministry. And at our first date, he, this guy drove me to, I think it was like Kirtland Hills in front of these big houses. He's like, I'm going to live in one of those one day, you know. And we served the Lord together, taught Bible studies and, and all of that. But I had this burning in my heart to do ministry for the Lord. And he had this burning desire to succeed and make money. And it was all good. In fact, it was so good that two years later, he was announcing my family we were going to get married. And in fact, I went out and bought a wedding dress and everything. See, I was infatuated with a very superficial lifestyle. With uh, a lot of superficial stuff, 
You know, it was the package. It was the Italian guy, the bodybuilder, the money. And he was a Christian. So how could that possibly be wrong? But God has a plan for your life. And when you know that plan, if you marry a person that is not on the same path with you, then one of you is going to have to give up your dream or give up that calling. You know, the second thing is I tried to talk myself into believing I could have it both ways. I could have that life and I could have the ministry that God had called me to. Romans eleven twenty nine says, God's gifts and call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. He never changes his mind about our calling, but we can hinder his work in our lives by the choices we make. And you know what? Everyone around me said, Michelle, he's a nice guy, but he's not right for you. And I ignored wise counsel. My mom knew. You guys, your parents know stuff. They do. They see you and they know you better than, they know your, than you know yourself. And my family could see me changing, losing that self-confidence, getting drawn into a lifestyle I wasn't comfortable with. They could see a lot of stuff I just couldn't see. I ignored it. Proverbs 19, 20, and 21 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose will, that will prevail. So here's what happened. We were going to get together one night to talk about what halls we wanted to go look at, and God spoke to me, and he said, Michelle Offerman's freedom. I said, okay. So we got together, and I said, I'm going to give you one chance. You want to walk away from this and let's not do this? I was like, well, okay. Uh, let's go out and get some ice cream. <laughs> After two years. And that was it. Goodbye. Never saw the guy again. I had a choice to obey God or not to obey God. And you know what? I was devastated over it, but I had such peace that I knew that I obeyed God and that there was a plan. This is what happened six months later. The... Because I obeyed God, God knew the plan. I was out on the streets of Cleveland feeding homeless people. And there was this guy that was part of that ministry. He was the head of that ministry. And I heard him pray. And he prayed like I never heard anyone pray in my life. And I've been in the church since I was four years old. And I heard a lot of guys pray, a lot of people pray. Like, you know what my first thought was? That's the kind of man I need to marry. And guess what? I married him. Married him. 22 years later, I'm still married to him. He's still the godliest man I've ever met in my life. Do not underestimate the quality of the person that God has for you. He has created you to thrive. Never settle because you don't believe that God could bring you someone dynamic. Be someone dynamic in Christ in preparation for the dynamic person that he is preparing you for. Do not sell out on God's plan for you. So you can choose the wrong person. You can choose someone for the wrong reasons. But here's the deal. Once you have made your choice, and you have that ring on your finger, you have made your choice. And you 
must continue to make that choice daily for the rest of your life. Now, I know that none of you guys are thinking about marriage right now. One of these days, you're going to. Girls, I know that none of you are ready yet to say yes to a guy. But one of these days, you're going to be so excited, and it's going to be awesome. My daughter right now is engaged, and it's all exciting. She's coming home tonight. We're going to look at a home tomorrow. It's super exciting, right? They even have this Anon Twitter account that's like chronicling their Christian relationship and I mean, everything is so exciting. I have this huge, elaborate proposal for her, and you know, she's got the butterflies in her stomach, and it's all really cool. But the thing is, that's awesome when it's all new like that, and it's, it's all fun. And their Facebook accounts or Twitter pages have all this gushy stuff like, he's the love of my life, or like, She's got stuff on, he's got stuff on there like, she's so beautiful and she's all mine. I mean, they're just like in love. It's cute. It is really cute. They're adorable. And I love it. Um, they've got thousands of followers. It's great, but it doesn't always stay that way. Right? We started the video with an attempt to define love. We started with that video, trying to define love. And I have to say, it didn't do such a great job. When you're a teenager and just learning about relationships, it really is all about feelings, right? Pretty much. You ever have that friend that has one crush after the other? Yeah. Right? Oh, he's so cute today. What? So you know someone like that. Oh, you are that someone. Well, you might be. You might be that someone. You might be that guy that like sees a new cute girl every week, and you get the butterflies when you you know walk by or walking down the hallway at school or whatever. Um, and then you start maybe talking to him, and then you realize, you know, you're getting to know that guy a little bit, and. You realize he has really bad breath, and I don't think I'm interested. Or, you know, you, you see that girl and you realize, man, she just never stops talking. And then you move on to the next one, right? Because eventually what happens is the rea this reality. Not only are you going to see the weaknesses and the faults in the person that you're in a relationship with, but guess what? They are going to see that you are not perfect. I mean, I know, guys. Most of you guys are perfect, right? Or pretty darn close to perfect, right? You are. I believe that. So, you know, it, it might not happen with yous, but for the most part, most guys, most girls, someone is going to start seeing your faults. You know, when you're dating, when you're engaged, it's all exciting. Once you get married, it's a day-to-day -day thing. Now, in my relationship with my husband, I had an awakening moment with him. I started seeing his faults early on, very early on. We were involved in this ministry together. We were 
going downtown every Friday and Saturday night feeding homeless people. We were not dating. It's another story. We never dated before we got engaged. He waited for me for 32 years until he met the one that he was going to marry. And he asked me to marry him, and I said yes without ever going on a date with him. I'll just throw that out there. It was a pretty cool story. But before that, we were doing ministry together. And I had all this respect for him. And one of the things I loved about him was he was a prayer warrior. And the very first time that I went over his house, he was going to fix my tire. And he did this really strange thing that most guys would never do. After dinner, he fixed my car. He says, come on outside. I want to show you something. So we go out to his the side of his house, and he puts up a ladder. I'm like, okay, and I'm looking up. He says, we're going to climb up there. And he has me climb up this ladder on the side of his house to go sit on his roof. I'm like, what is going on? It was the strange thing. Never in my life on a date had anyone ever made me climb up on the roof of their house before. But once I got out there, the coolest thing happened. See, he has a heart for the city of Cleveland, and he is a prayer warrior till this day for the city of Cleveland. And his house was situated in the perfect place where if you climb up on the roof of his house and you face west, you can see the entire skyline of the city. And he would climb up. Yeah, it's cool. He would climb up on his roof, and he would pray over the city. And I was like, oh, he's such a prayer warrior. That is so cool. And I just thought it was the coolest thing for a while. Because then what happens is this. I'm involved in leadership now in this ministry, and he's like, hey, we have a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. Anyone who knows me knows that you don't want to be near me in the morning, because I am not a morning person at all. I'm not nice. I need my coffee. Don't talk to me for a half hour. So I started going to the 6 a.m. prayer meeting, and it got really old really fast. So in the end, that thing that I really loved about him became such an annoyance because I'm like, oh, listen, I'm in Willoughby, he's in Cleveland. I can't just walk out of the house and go to a prayer meeting. I gotta primp. I gotta do the makeup, I gotta do the hair, and I gotta get there. It was awful. And it did not last long. And he forgave me for that. And I forgave him for making me do it. But um, you know, our the thing sometimes the things that really attract you to someone end up annoying you. But the bottom line is this, it's a choice to say in spite of the fact that I am this awful person in the morning and he is the most perkiest person you ever want to meet in the morning, I choose to love him anyway. Every day, I choose to love him anyway. True love is this. This is what true love is. True love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. If you are waiting to meet the perfect person, Keep waiting because they're not coming. You're going to meet an imperfect person and choose every day. Once the wedding is over and day-to-day -day life begins, you realize it's not all butterflies. It's not, it's not all the fun all the time. It's for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. And sadly, the world we live in it's so easy to just say, you know what, I don't need this. Goodbye. And I'm not judging anybody because I'm the product of a divorced family. So I don't sit in judgment, but what I'm saying is this, is that if you start out the right way, choosing the right person 
for the right reasons, it'll last. And the Bible gives you a formula. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And I'm going to end with this formula. And if you remember it, you will have a relationship that will last you forever. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. What does that translate to in English? This is what that means. First of all, love is patient and love is kind. You apply the fruits of the Spirit to everyday life and to every disagreement. I have to work on this because I'm Italian and, you know, <laughs> enough said, right? My husband's the, the calmest person in the world and I'm not as much. But yet he is so patient with me. Number two, it does not envy. Don't always be looking for more. Be content. Because you know what? Once you say, I do, it's like, um, that's it. You're never going to look at anybody else again. You choose to say, never again. Like my husband, I have 22 years never even seen him look at another woman a commercial will come on that's a little bit racy and he's looking away because he would never dishonor me with even looking at another woman in the wrong way the third thing it does not boast be humble in a dating and let me let me tell you this too this works in every single relationship friendships dating relationships and marriage be humble because if you're just arguing to win, somebody's got to humble themselves and say, I'm sorry. Or just to walk every day humbly in front of people. It does not dishonor others. Be respectful. Respect the person that you're with, your friends, your parents. And that means don't be selfish. It's not self-seeking. You can't be respectful and selfish at the same time. It is not easily angered, and that's a choice. I choose not to be angry. I choose not to go to sleep angry. When was the last time you went to bed stewing over something your parents said to you, <laughs> you know, and irritated? It applies in every relationship. And this one, I think, is super, super important. It keeps no records of wrong. Choose to let go of the past every single day. Every day is a new day. And every day you have to say, I choose not to bring into today what happened yesterday. Number eight, love does not delight in evil. Be happy when they're happy. When someone else succeeds, be happy for them. It always protects. 
When you are in a relationship with someone, you protect them. That means protecting their reputation. Don't gossip or say anything that would damage your relationship or their reputation. My husband and I have this rule, and my kids know this because they have never experienced this out of our mouths. We never, ever, ever, ever complain to someone else about our spouse. And I apply that to my relationships with my sister, too. I never, I'm not going to go complain to someone else or my best friends, my friends, because then I got to go repair when they find out I was gasping about them. It applies to every relationship. It always trusts. That means you can't control someone. You have to trust them. That's hard. I mean, I even find that in my relationship with God, that I can't control my relationship with God. I have to trust him. It always hopes. Love never stops hoping for the best in people. People will let you down. But you know what? You got to be that person that always is looking for that good part of them. And the last thing, it always perseveres. It never gives up. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on your friends, on your parents. And someday when you find that person, if love never gives up and you both have that attitude, there will never be a divorce in your house. These are the principles that we can apply to every single relationship we have. But especially in marriage someday, these principles are absolutely necessary. Because in marriage, you can't just jump ship. When you find that someone someday that you truly love, then you commit to loving them every day for the rest of your life. God has plans for each and every one of you. He wants his absolute best for you. He wants you not just to be happy, but there's that verse in the Bible that says he wants you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, think about that overflowing joy all the time. He wants you to thrive. Your future starts with the decisions that you make today. If you want to marry somebody who is dynamic, who is a dynamic person and is a dynamic Christian, be that dynamic Christian and that person of character that God wants you to be. Because here's the thing, what you are is what you will attract. Don't settle for anything less than God's best for you. All right, I'm going to pray and close the night. If you guys, let me just say this. I feel so blessed. I get to say this because I, I don't get the microphone often. But when I started in this youth group, I, I've gotten to know you guys just a little bit. And I just told Donnie this recently. This church is so blessed with the youth that they have. You guys are so awesome. There is so much potential 
sitting in these chairs. I just want you to understand that God's got something special planned for you. And I want you to believe it and live it. And don't settle for anything less than it, which means every single day, choose not to compromise in life or in your relationships. Okay, I'm going to pray. Thanks again for listening to this message from Reality Student Ministries. Our hope is that you've learned a little bit more of who God is and who he has called you to be. For information on how you can get connected to our student ministry, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com or like our Facebook page at RSM. Now get out there and have an incredible day.